I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Donda breaks records. Bonnaroo canceled. And Nirvana sued for Nevermind. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to episode 49 of The Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin, with my co-host joe joe i'm we're so close to 50 i was having an existential crisis in the middle of the intro were you just like i was like going back and forth yeah i was like we're (laughs) one off from 50 so okay i thought you were having a crisis like making the sheet for the episode like you were like which one is it and you kept having to reach oh no no no. me yeah me and joe always have that constant struggle is that we forget which one we're at but i know we're at 49 so we're almost at 50 i don't know maybe we should do something special for 50 right maybe i don't know Maybe we'll think about it. Maybe we'll we'll have a birthday cake. Oh, Maybe we man. should have a biz tape birthday cake. Or I guess how many so how many weeks is in a year? Fifty fifty two. Fifty two, thank you. Thank you oh for my this gosh. for this uh second grade lesson. Yeah, do you want to um, know how many days maybe, in a week? How about when we hit fifty two we have a little birthday cake because that's a year. Yeah, maybe fifty two I this is hard. It's like that Pat Oswald bit where it's like which birthday do you celebrate? <laughs> and uh, it's like, should we celebrate 50 because that's a nice round number? Or should we celebrate or forget it and go to 100 because that's even a nicer number? Or 52, but technically we didn't do one every week. So it kind of like you could yeah. say we did one every week if we ran up the Fuck it. I say 50. That's 52 weeks. I 52 episodes, 52 weeks, I say I say 52. 52. And Joe won't tell you it's also to give us time to figure out something fun to do. Exactly. 
Uh, <laughs> if you want something fun to do, you can browse our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok at the biz tape and email biz tape podcast at gmail.com with uh, fun things for us to do for episode 52. How about super that? fun things? Super Give us your birthday ideas. Hey, you know, what's super fun child pornography lawsuits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was the greatest segue of all time. I don't... God. <laughs> We're going right into it. That was heavy. That was okay, a heavy one. I, okay, here's the thing about it. It's actually not as heavy as... You know, when that tile gets thrown around, you're like, oh, shit, this is some real real stuff going on. Uh, a lot of the attorneys in, these ca- in this case say no. You may have seen Nirvana is being sued for child pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually has to do with the naked baby on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind, which I'm sure everyone's seen the baby in the pool yeah. and everything. Where and he's going, going after the, the dollar. Going after the dollar. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, now the f- former baby, the 30-year-old man, is <laughs> suing almost everyone in connection to that album. And when I mean everyone, I mean everyone. They are suing Nirvana, Universal Music Group, Warner Records. The cleaning lady? David Geffen, <laughs> the band members, even Kurt Cobain's estate, which is run by three different individuals who are also getting sued, which includes Courtney Love, the photographer, and a bunch of other people. Damn. So this man's what going the, for Wow, blood. he's going for blood, apparently. And that man's name is Spencer Eldon, the former baby, as I alluded to earlier, alleges that the image depicts him, and I think you're going to have a romp with this, quote, like a sex worker grabbing for a dollar bill that is positioned dangling from a fish hook in front of his nude body with his penis explicitly displayed. He also claims he has had a reasonable expectation that the image or images depicting him would remain private and maintains his legal guardians didn't sign a release authorizing the use of the image. Hmm. Yeah, which is, uh, it's a lot to take in, especially when you think about the album cover in your mind, if you've ever seen it, or if you're listening to this right now and you've never seen it. It's an iconic album. Very iconic. I'm sure you've seen it before. Uh, But it seems to be that most attorneys think that this case is really weak for a lot of different reasons. Um, And I'll get to them right here. First off, many are quick to point out that a record company would for sure have gotten a written release agreement from his parents and we obviously this battle, this court battle just started. So we haven't seen like them having to present the release or anything yet or anything close to like, you know, these two sides trying to exchange information. This is just more of we're starting to point fingers. Um, but apparently Eldon's attorney argues that there's no release uh, to their knowledge and that their understanding is there was no release and in a culture in which we are trying to upload uh, a bold consent as one of the highest values, an image of a child naked that he didn't consent to should cause people concern. Is his parents, al- are his parents alive? I have not found that information. Um, because I feel like, yeah, he's not going to remember signing a release. Well, of course he was he's a baby. a baby. So like he's in the realms of his parents. Now, ethically, you know, that's a question for you to ponder at home. If like ethically child stars and right. If you feel, if you would feel right signing a naked version of your child over to a record label and them having to deal with that. Another reason, which believe it or not that they feel very secure is uh, one of the plaintiff's attorneys said, quote, I think what will be most troubling for any judge will be the amount of time that has elapsed since the photo was published. 
The fact that the kid's parents did this knowingly, more or less, but they knew the naked baby was being photographed, and that numerous times the plaintiff himself embraced the photo and sought publicity for himself. Yeah, there's plenty of photos of him with like Nevermind t-shirts. He's redone the photo six times (laughs) at different ages. Not like, oh, one time isn't this fun. I'm very trying. He did it six Six times, times. but but he was scarred for life. Right. Obviously. So uh, Eldon did an interview in 2015 with The Guardian to summarize it and basically saying how, very contradictory to this whole lawsuit, how his parents apparently agreed to this photo and how the photo has helped him in his own life. And also, he has recreated the photo six times. So I want to reiterate that. Yeah. So to cut this shorter, also, people believe this is going to be thrown out due to California's anti-slap lawsuits, which stand for strategic lawsuits against public participation. It's basically an avenue for defendants to bring an early end to frivolous complaints arising from protected activity like artist expression. And that would also, fun fact, if you had that you know, slapped onto your lawsuit, that would make Eldon have to pay the defendant's legal fees, mm. which he's named so many that it would be a lot, a lot of incredibly expensive because yeah. I don't know about any of y'all. The first thing, Hey, you're getting sued. What is the first call you're having a lawyer? And the lawyer, you know, is like, oh, okay, I'll defend you. And then they start charging you right away. Yeah. So even though they haven't, you know, I don't know how much work these lawyers have done yet, but even if you're like some minor party that's like, hey, I just want representation, so I have representation, that's the clicking of the, you know, clicking of the uh, cash machine going there with hundreds Ching, of dollars baby. of legal fees just adding up. So this man could have more than he reckons for it. So Joe, first off, what do you, what is your overall vibe of this case? Well, I, I mean, I think he's just looking to get a bag. Yeah, looking to get a quick buck. Honestly, I mean, I to be. To be perfectly frank, like if if the thing that scarred him for his entire life was that traumatic and he went and sought a photographer and planned to shoot to recreate the image six times throughout his life and wearing T-shirts about it, uh, coming to even having appearances over the uh, album cover and stuff like that, I I just don't think it's – I don't think it's that – it's been that traumatic for him. And yeah. I, I agree with the defendant's uh, lawyers in that. I think it's going to get tossed out as soon as the judge. I mean, I also it. feel like the time is very important in this case in terms of, again, he's a 30 year old man, which I get it. Obviously if this was, you know, when we go into any of these legal cases, I really come from, maybe we don't know something. Maybe I'm just, you know, we don't know everything, mm-hmm. which a lot of people in the public will have the opposite though. We've already picked our side based on sometimes as little as a headline. Yeah. But in this case, it's kind of hard to feel for this guy because there's just so much mounting evidence of him being to the contrary of it. And to say, you know, positive things about how this has benefited his life in places that don't seem to be, you know, coercing him. It wasn't like the record label was like, you better say it was good. Mm-hmm. You better say it was like the best thing that happened in your life. I was like, he could have gone on the guardian in 2015 and been like the fucking room of my life. I hate it so much. Yeah. It, but, and so like, but he, yeah, he did not do any of this. Right. Unprompted. He's being like, this has been a good thing for me. Well, I think it's kind of uh, ironic as well. It has like the album cover is of a, a baby going chasing, for a dollar, bill. going for a dollar bill <laughs> drowning 
And this dude is literally going for a dollar How bill. How did I never put that together? Yeah, like oh I just, God. I just like think it's absolutely ridiculous, and it's it's so he's the suing, irony. He literally is just soaking in the irony. He's literally suing for money as his you know yeah. baby self is going after it in the album art. Yeah, like, I mean a hundred percent. Holy shit! And so it's just like. I, I, it just everything points to like this being such a ridiculous law lawsuit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like frivolous is probably the best thing that exactly. I've seen in here. Yeah, so I, do, I definitely think that he has a high road to do. Now I will say because I'm always the devil advocate guy, if they do not have this released, there is precedent that people have been saying if if they cannot provide the release somewhere, which. Their record company, you know, they've had great legal departments for many years. Mm-hmm. So, so absolutely, they they're going to have, have it. They probably have it. <laughs> but if there was some accounting, you know, like mishap kind of or, or some drive failure, there's no way. Then there's actually a fight to be had here. Yeah, but it's going to get tossed out as soon as they're like, look at what he's been doing for years and years and years and how long it's been. Yeah, I, I think will... even with the absence of a release form, it literally has been years since this has happened. Well, and this guy hasn't stated publicly at all that it has impacted him negatively. Well, I wanted to until say this is, moment, I feel like it's not necessarily like, oh, if you don't have the release, then I'm going to win. I think it's more of. I have a chance to actually make an argument. <laughs> yeah, well, I, what I think is he hopes to settle. I think he hopes to settle, get a couple million dollars. That's true. And get out of it, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. It looks like many of these, you know, multi... Again, like I named all those parties. These are... Hugely successful at, at people least with... 30 to 40 attorneys, probably, between all of these groups. Yeah, who, and they can afford them, right? Yeah. And most likely. So, so it's like... It's, it, it's a huge team of people, so they're going to find a way to try to get this dismissed and no settlement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually with, and that's interesting to bring up is like with a lot of legal cases like this, if there's like a chance of having an argument made, then they'll settle Yeah, because they're like, I don't want to go through court. We don't want the PR. We don't want any of that. But there really doesn't seem to be much of a, no, an argument here. So, yeah, I mean, he'll, he's just going to be going after that money infinitely in the pool and never reaching it. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh, my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Just constantly swimming, constantly swimming, just like uh, Dora, <laughs> right? Oh, I thought you were going that way. I thought you were going the other direction with our next topic. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I guess someone that's swimming and who is swimming is Bonnaroo 2021. So Bonnaroo Literally. 2021 has been canceled. So after many logistical setbacks this year, Bonnaroo has finally made the call to cancel this year's festival and to push back to 2022. And after an intense rainstorm brought on by Hurricane Hurricane Ida, the campground has been ravaged by intense flooding, making it too hard for campers and even festival staff to get into the campground. This would be the second year in a row that the festival has had to cancel due to unforeseen acts last year to, due to the pandemic. And to be honest, this year there was kind of some back and forth on whether it was going to be canceled due to the pandemic as well. Because if you are listening to this and you're not in Tennessee, uh, our hospitals are basically at capacity. Yeah, at the I moment. think in Tennessee we're at, at least in the top five, maybe top yeah. ten of states that are doing the worst. I think with we're COVID. number four or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely it, it's just ravaging uh, our state here. And the statement that they put out says, quote, we are absolutely heartbroken to announce that we must cancel Bonnaroo. While this weekend's weather looks outstanding, currently Senaru is waterlogged in many areas. The ground is incredibly saturated on our toll booth paths and the campgrounds are flooded to the point that we are unable to dive in or park vehicles safely. We you have mean, done everything. Wait, 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 wait. Do you mean drive in? Not yeah. literally dive into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I say dive in? Yeah, like you would. Oh, uh, I guess cannot, you, I mean you could dive in. <laughs> right. Like you we could go for dive it. in. Uh, we have done everything in our power to try to keep the show moving forward, but Mother Nature has dealt us a tremendous amount of rain over the past 24 hours, and we have run out of options to try to make the event happen safely and in a way that lives up to the Bonnaroo experience. So all tickets purchased through Frontgate tickets will be refunded in as little as 30 days to the original method of payment. Please find ways to safely gather with your Bonnaroo community and continue to radiate positivity during this disappointing time. And we will see you on the farm in June 2022, all in caps, exclamation point. So now this may be my experience, but a ton of friends of mine who are planning on going this year actually were attempting to sell their tickets beforehand. And last night, Bonnaroo began opening up a refund li link, which set some expectations that the festival might be canceled due to the rain, but also just COVID and logistical nightmare and everything in general. So, mm -hmm. Colin, do you think that, A, like, what's your take on them even having the festival to begin with, with well, everything that's going on? First off, logistically in the rain, that was the right call. Like, the obvious... Yeah, I mean, it's thing. obviously a safety right. hazard. Right, I mean, you literally cannot physically do it, and especially... If you don't know Bonnaroo, it's literally, like, flat... It's a flat field. Flat field. It's a giant and it's flat just, field. It literally is just mud if it rains. Right, so logistically on that, that was the right call. But added on... Like, like, if there was a will, there was a way scenario, we decided at Bonnaroo that we're going to press onward for some reason. Yeah, 
I still wouldn't condone it. You know what I mean? I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of unsafe. And then on top of that, you have COVID. Now, Bonnaroo, in my opinion, is probably the biggest festival since Lollapalooza to try to start up again. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I think, second biggest. Which we talked about. They have the same policy as Lollapalooza when it comes to... Ticketing. The ticketing and the COVID vaccine and the testing, which mm-hmm. I believe it was 72 hours for the testing, and then you just had to show your card there. And I actually got interested in it, and I was reading about what they were doing specifically because when we first were talking about it, they were being intentionally vague, and I still hold that they were, in my opinion, being intentionally vague and not talking about it because they didn't want to dissuade people. So now that we got closer to the date, I I don't know if you saw any of it, but it was interesting because the thing I was surprised about and I kind of thought of, which I hadn't thought of before, was it was interesting as they talked about, they're like, you can show your card or you can get your test or we'll even test you here and it'll cost you $40. Hmm. And I said, and they were saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, then you have to put your mask on. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But now that I think about it, I was wondering, I would be really, imagine if you were at a festival like Bonnaroo and they differentiated your passes based on that. Like, what do you mean? Like unvaccinated versus vaccinated people? You know how they hold the giant, you know, you got your big lanyard on that says GA or something. Imagine if it said (laughs) And then it just says asshole (laughs) for unvaccinated Right, exactly. (laughs) But like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, can you imagine a festival scenario like that where... I mean, I can. Absolutely. And maybe it should happen. Yeah. If it's going to be a thing, if it's going to be a continuous thing. I'm honestly interested because I can see the pros and cons of both. Yeah. And that was the one thing that I thought of when Bonnaroo was still going forth. The refund link, as many people said, was very good indicator that something was up because if there's one thing that any of these festivals are not going to do, it's going to give up their money last minute. Mm -hmm. So I think they were trying to basically ease the uh, use on a lot of, uh, people who are actually processing these refunds. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we'll just open it up now. We're not going to say we're canceled, but I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, it's going to be raining all weekend or I can't make it out or. Yeah. They, they mostly stated that they did it because of people traveling in. So yeah, that was the main thing. But I also feel like it had a double purpose in that way. Oh yeah. They were definitely getting it ready. Right. You know, I'm sure uh, the poor ticketing department and the refund ticketing and all the creditors that have to process these refunds are like, Oh shit, here we go. Cause Bonner is what? $600. That's a hefty charge. Well, what's crazy now too is like they were still trying to sell tickets up till the last second. Cause like they, they were even like, guys, we have tickets available. Like, at the gate, you know, which is like the first time it's been like that in years. Oh yeah. That they've had tickets like available. Old, yeah. At the gate. Yeah. I think too. Cause so it it's, would be more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, it's, you know, a lot of people, it seemed like attendance was definitely going to be low this year just because I think the uncertainty of COVID. Uh, I also think the weather coming in, a lot of people this week were just like, fuck it. This is just going to be a, a, like a nightmare. Right. You know, logistically for us to go during the middle of a hurricane. I'm sure it would have been a very depressing Thursday. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, and what's great what's what's really the thing is like if you if you've ever been to Bonnaroo, you you set up your campsite Thursday. That's the day you set your campsite up. Right. So like if that's the day that everything's fucked up and rainy and like gross, your campsite's gonna be fucking in the mud. 
it's going to be quicksand <laughs> and it's going to be like that all weekend. So do you think that some people who are part of Bonnaroo think of this as a blessing in disguise in terms of COVID stuff? Do you mean people running it? Yeah. Maybe like if, staff, you're, if your job staff? was logistically like you're supposed to be in charge. Like I would imagine a list of jobs at a festival, right? Yeah. You know, I've worked a festival oh, before. So I've like runners and like, yeah, like we made house. a tier list of it and we've said like, what's the worst? I would definitely say that my bottom tier would definitely be working the vaccine verification lane. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I'm I, sure there's people there. They're like, Oh, thank well, God. and knowing Bonnaroo, it's going to be, uh, volunteers who don't know what the fuck they're I'm doing. I'm sure whoever the <laughs> coordinator was that was in charge of like the safety of the COVID vaccination and stuff was like, Oh, thank God. I still, you know, maybe I still have my job in the future. They'll hire mm-hmm. me for next year, but hopefully 2022 will be better than 2021 in terms of COVID. So it'll make my job easier. Cause it was going to be probably all night. <laughs> Four days. Well, can you imagine? I mean, they loaded all that stagecraft and everything oh, yeah. in there already. I saw it at work. Yeah. They literally, guys were going, we got to send this stuff to Bonnaroo. Get so now the they truck. got their truck out there in the mud. And oh, they're no. like, we fuck. Have, we have multiple trucks that the went mud. out there. And oh, now, no. no, that just dropped off the gear. That's where it goes. And oh, now they now did it all day the... for days. And now they got to do the opposite of let's go pick it up. And they'll so, probably wait until next week. Yeah, that's to the other pick thing people up. don't think about with this is that uh, there's a lot of shit out there that might be wrecked. Yeah. Because it is underwater. Well, and, you know, I, I'm kind of back and forth because we have friends who are playing Bonnaroo. And it, it's very disappointing because this is such a huge career moment for a lot of artists, a lot of artists who are visual artists as well. I mean, our, our artist who does all of our graphics, uh, Alexandria, Mm -hmm. um, she's amazing. Uh, she, she was doing a lot of the mural work at Bonnaroo this year. It looked fantastic. And you know, now it's, it's very disappointing because people aren't going to be able to experience that firsthand this year. So, and if you don't know, if you're if you're dropping off on like hype and stuff as like a music artist, they're going to kick you off the bill next year. If right. you don't have material out, if you're not relevant, it's it's a business at the end of the day. And so like it is it is very disheartening to uh, see some of my friends and and people we know that that are trying to make it and like this is just another obstacle in their path. However, I do think it is the safest option with everything going on. And I just think, you know, if it's not going to happen, if, if I'd rather it, I'd rather them be safe and it not be a nightmare mm-hmm. than it, them try to make it happen and it be an absolute shit show. I definitely you know? agree. I mean, that's what I'm saying at the end of this is like, if there was a will in their way and they made it happen, I feel like it would still be like, well, guess what? COVID's still super bad. Mm-hmm. I know it, statistically that around 40 to 50% of y'all at least are unvaccinated. So this is going to have people get sick from it. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I would feel about it. It's just like, okay, you made a will of the way to make this happen. But if it's a drop in quality and then people get sick and hurt, then at the end of the day, especially even if I was an artist or like a crew member, I'd be like, was this fucking worth it? Yeah. Cause it was like a diminished thing from what it should have been on top of what COVID's already pushed it down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine. I, I have my own problems with some of the ways that Bonnaroo has dealt with this COVID stuff, but for them to try, if they did try to push this festival through, even though it was raining, 
it would be insane. Now for the company, I'm very interested in financially. Oh, it's live nation. Yeah, but that's so they're fine. But well, they're they're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like. I mean, Live Nation we is like an umbrella of organizations. So it's like, if an uh, if an organization that's bought out by Live Nation is suffering, that organization closes down. We but, talked about it before, but especially, I feel like it's important to keep this landscape and sort of conversation together. Is when it was really bad and there was zero shows, and Live Nation and AEG were begging, and they were like, "We're gonna, you know, this organization is gonna fall apart." and all this kind of stuff. And the share price was half of what it was now mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And we, you know, I kind of hit around the idea of, I feel like a lot of people think live nation is too big to fail. And yeah. I still hold that now. And I kind of hold the opposite is I don't think it's too big to fail at all. It's just more of who gets hurt in this, you know, scheme of what are we cutting off? Who are these employees that we're cutting off because mm-hmm. Bonnery didn't happen? Because yeah. we're going to make bank on this. Well, AC Entertainment is still kind of in charge of Bonnaroo. Right. And that's a Knoxville company, a uh, Knoxville-based uh, promoter, but um, an organizer. But they are now, I mean, Bonnaroo is owned by Live Nation, essentially. And I, I think... Yes, you're right. There might be some drawbacks to it, but I do think live like the brand of Bonnaroo is so big that I don't I, think Bonnaroo would go away. I'm just saying, like the people this year that well, might have stuck around. Right. Let's think about like the little guys. Let's think about the little vendor that was struggling for a year. You know, Bonnaroo is a big part of their business, and they were coming back this year, and they were trying to make bank on you know what selling food or making crafts or mm-hmm. something, and now out the window and now we got to hope that this big chunk of money we were hoping for comes back next year and we can survive to that point or yeah may, or may like you were saying with the artist example it's like if you don't have the hype cycle if it's over and maybe you're not necessarily a giant big act that already has like a g- big repertoire that already holds you in the light of everyone every day if you're some little act that's playing on the small stages this might be okay well sorry we won't see you next year you yeah. know what I mean? Because nobody cares about your record anymore. You were kind of big at this point in 2021, but we got to move on because it's 2022. Those are the people that I feel like are really getting hurt from this. But it's also hard ethically to make this decision of the people who were gonna would have got hurt from COVID-19. And the thing about Bonnaroo and any of these festivals is I'm sorry to say I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Someone's getting hurt at this point in COVID-19. Mm-hmm. When you're there, you know... It's it's funny to not me. Not everybody can tour right now. Not right. everybody can right. successfully well, do it. Well, not everybody can, but I mean like physically, like the patrons there and the crew there who get sick, it's, somebody's getting hurt. I mean, it's funny because you can talk to people, I feel like, and get a very innate reaction. If I went up and I went, hey, that guy over, like we're in a hypothetical Bonnaroo. Some guy passed out from like heat exhaustion or something and he's like, really bad and you feel, you know, the medical people are there. I feel like most people would be like, Oh man, that sucks. I'm so sorry for that guy. Can we help him or anything? Mm -hmm. But when you think about it long term, and we think, well, COVID-19 was there and there was these people who were unvaccinated or even vaccinated because vaccinated people are getting it and they went and they had a good time. And even though they were wearing masks, they got it and they got sick and it, you know, as small as, Oh, they felt bad for a couple of days, as large as they passed away that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people don't have the same innate reaction to. And 
comparison to my heat stroke victim. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It was caused by him being there, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get in this whole argument of what is the responsibility of the festival and versus the person. And yeah. I mean, well, in just the touring industry in general, do you, do you think it's okay to go to shows right now? I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly transparent. I've been, I've been going to shows masked up, um, going to some crowded venues too. Like some of these shows have been sold out and luckily all of the venues I've been going to have been, you need your vaccine card mm-hmm. and you need your test results, which I feel pretty safe about. But at the same time, you know, with gonna, the variant and everything, I'll tell you this right now, I've been talking to a bunch of professional people and other people, companies and all this kind of stuff. And I do see a big battle coming between we, you know, Bonnery had and Lollapalooza had this, you know, lax policy of we don't want COVID-19. So you have to be vaccinated or you have to have no, you have to have a test that tests people that's getting fought super hard by a lot of different companies because just 72 hours is a huge window. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you did it on site, it's a huge well, and thing. what's crazy now is rapid tests are so expensive now. Have you seen the prohibitively prices for expensive? Them? Yes. Yeah, they're like two hundred dollars for a rapid test, which is like four hundred percent more than a ticket. Well, I believe that Bonnaroo wanted to do forty dollar. Um, what was on site testing? Yeah, it was for the antibodies. Yeah, um, which that even that isn't exactly accurate. Right, and that's antibody kind of the, tests have been proven not to be. That. That's kind of the problem. But I've seen in the industry this huge thing of like, okay seems like we're able to function, but all these people are, you know, getting sick. It's causing people who are either ignorant or willfully ignorant to get sick. Mm-hmm. And so people are getting sick of it. And they're literally like, we want to require vaccines. Yeah. And I all mean, these companies. And so that's what I'd be on board with that. Well, shit. that's what I'm going to be interested in is who's drawing the line with that. And I think it's going to be promoters. Are I, really going to have to? Well, do it, it. it comes down to and bands. Too. It comes down to literally every different part. If you go to the production crew, their company has different requirements. If yeah. you go to the band, they have different requirements for who's on the bus. Yeah. Well, what's and, interesting? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but no, I fine. saw the band Tennis. Um, yeah. They canceled. I think their Minnesota date um, because the venue wouldn't allow them to just do the the requirements. Right. But like the basic safety requirements. And so they were like, fuck it. We're just going to cancel our shows. There's a bunch of that. There's tours canceling currently for, it's amazing to me because it's not just straightforward. It's not just like, well, you don't have the venue requirements or we don't feel safe enough. It's this hodgepodge of answers of why people are, are canceling. And it feels like people don't give straight answers with it. Mm -hmm. They'll just be like, Oh, this tour canceled COVID. And then there's no explanation. Are you, why. are you saying like the artists are, are being untransparent? Oh, on the that, whole or? industry side of it is they'll just be like the, the, especially like the management will do that a lot. They'll be like, we canceled the tour. And then the reason will just be, like Oh COVID. yeah. Well, but yeah. They won't it's, say it's usually a member gets it right, but they won't say and we talked about this the other day with them not discussing a lot of the time what member gets it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of, they won't say, well, we're canceling it because we think it's really bad out there and we don't want to be a part of it. Or we're canceling it because somebody got sick or we're canceling it because venues are requiring this. It's this like vague reason that I really think shows the different motivations of who 
the artist is and who the management is. Yeah. Because I think there's a huge difference in being like, we are canceling our tour because we feel like it's, we don't want to be part of the problem and have all these shows and have unvaccinated people. And it's like, okay. And then there's people that are like, we're canceling the tour because people aren't showing their, we can't get enough venues to do the vaccination requirement. I think that's a big difference between my first example because it seems like the second example is trying to be proactive and be like, we're trying to have vaccination stuff. We're being all that stuff. The other example is just like a general, we didn't try to do anything. Yeah. Which I think is irresponsible. Yeah, absolutely. So 100%. I, I personally, the way I lean is I, I agree with you. I think, I think venues and I think all venues need to start requiring vaccine cards. Oh, 100%. And that's it. No, none of this like three day test bullshit. Like you need to, you need to have your card. I I at least think they need to start closing the window a little bit. And what do you mean? Oh, uh, like seventy two to I like think it a day. Twenty four. Yeah, like, I agree that's too. what I think. It's well, just, what's crazy, especially here, is all the testing centers have closed down. There's only a handful of testing centers, and that's what people are going to cite is they're going to be like, "Well, you're killing the industry because people can't go because they can't get the tests." And I'm like, "Well, well you're also anybody who the actually gives a fuck about the industry is going to know that right. that that's that's such a bullshit excuse. It's so you bullshit. know, like that's just like a I want money now excuse. Exactly. Like and, I the I'm just going to go on a tangent. The music industry has this really bad habit of cannibalizing itself every opportunity it gets. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it so much in terms of how we have handled this pandemic and how how really um greedy we have been with with how we've gotten back into touring um because it took them months to require these basic safety protocols right. for venues. And now it's like, well, the information has come out that we need to actually start just getting fully vaccinated people. And it's still a back and forth thing. I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know, you know if it's going to happen. At the end of the day, it's not even that. It's like, you know, all these doctors and health officials have already said everyone needs to get vaccinated. And then people were trying well, to skirt the line. It and is, go, Let's try it without all the vaccination. Let's just do like this midway thing. And then there's this, you know, the effect of showing that people are getting sick from these shows. Yeah. And but then they go, well, let's see how we can skirt this even more. It's the entertainment industry's responsibility to pressure people into safety. I think into inform people think, into being safe. I think yes, but if you want to, you can go the ethical route. But if you want to go the super capitalist route, which I will for you right now, is that you are killing the industry by not doing it. The people who get sick, but we are doing it, and it's proven that these shows are selling out. It's hard not to sell out a show right now, right? Even as a small artist, all what these I, shows are selling out. Even house shows are selling out. Well, what I'm saying is like you're you're having this capacity of these people like for instance, the people who get sick on the crew. Some of those people are, you know, replaceable, but not really. You're going to have a dramatic drop in quality and stuff. When your band member gets sick and you guys are out, you can't, you know, you could put a new guitarist on there, but if you know, he's a main member of the band, fuck, we're not doing anything. That's a big loss for sure. And so it's just like, I'm not against the idea of them doing shows. It's just more of trying to up the responsibility. And I feel like the industry is going that way. Yeah. Well, it needs to be going that way. It should have been that way from the beginning. Well, it should have been, but here we are. Yeah. From BBC radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. So, Colin, we got to talk about it. It happened. It, it's finally here. Yeah, after everyone on Twitter freaked out about it. We got Donda news. Uh, so Donda news. Donda news, Donda news update, Donda como sta. No, uh, so Donda <laughs> is, if you don't know, is the 10th album by Kanye West. Um, number 10. Wow. Yes. Very controversial figure, which by the way, Kanye is 44 years old. I didn't realize he was that old now. Well, he's Gen Z. I or always Gen, feel like no, he's like, Gen X, right? I always feel like he's infinitely in his twenties. I don't know why. Anyway, the reason why I'm bringing him up he acts like he's is because one. we're, you know, obviously I like some of his music, but I'm not, you know, one of these Kanye fanboys. I'm going to give you a unique perspective of being a middle-class white guy talking about Kanye never heard of. Anyway, <laughs> so Donda, the reason I'm bringing it up is very important because it just destroyed records in terms of streaming and also has a bunch of controversy on the label side of it. Mm-hmm. So first off, let's talk about the smashing the streaming records. Kanye did exceptionally well on Apple Music. And we can kind of compare this to when I talk about Spotify later. But Apple Music-wise, he had 60 million streams in the first 24 hours on the platform. And Donda is now the third most streamed album on the album or on the Apple Music, like all of their albums, any of them. Wow. Third in 24 What's number hours. one? I didn't look it up. I'll look, well, you should look it up. So Donda also topped the album chart in 152 countries which proves Kanye's international reach. And then Kanye is the most is now the most streamed artist on Apple music entirely. He beat out every other person based on the, you know, the boost that he got from Donda. He also has all he, at the time of the article had all 20 top spots in the global 100 chart on Apple music. Wow. And these were, you know, the, the, 
the album had 27 tracks. So, you know, for 20 of them to be that high is insane. I saw, I saw someone go, wow, this album is so long. It's literally the length of a Lord of the Rings movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) So then on the, let's talk about the bigger streaming platform, Spotify. We saw kind of a similar story, but not as big. Donda garnered over 94 million streams globally, which is good and puts it at the second place all time for the streaming for that streaming service, which is important to note here. Here's why Spotify has 365 million users. Apple music has 60 million. Yeah. Which is the last time they reported about it in t- June, 2019. Cause they don't really update that figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see the difference in those two platforms. And I'm wondering like, let's compare your just ratios of that. So if Apple Music has increased, let's be generous. Let's say Apple Music increased 20 million users, right? Mm-hmm. And then it got 60. And so it has 80 million monthly users now, hypothetically. And they had 60 million streams. That's a huge, you know, like small gap between those numbers in terms of streaming. Yeah. It shows so many it's generally. Most of Apple Music right. listening to the which record. again it's streams, so it's not you know sixty million people listen to it, but it's still that ratio is really low. Mm-hmm. But then we go to Spotify, it's way further. It's three hundred sixty-five to ninety-four million streams. Yeah, so three hundred sixty-five million monthly users, and I think that's interesting to show the difference of demographics between the two streaming platforms, because it seems to me that Spotify is bigger, which then shows how much of a diversity in music that it kind of has. Yeah. Um, compared to Apple music, but at the same time, it's still the second place all time for the streaming service. So it's not like Kanye did bad, but it's interesting to look at it analytically from that perspective and see how maybe an Apple music listener is different from a Spotify user. It seems like, uh, I mean, this might be completely wrong, but it seems like a lot of Spotify users are generally younger than Apple Music users, from what I've I've seen. Yeah, and, and honestly, just Apple, like e- if you're like Apple TV this users is more like or like Apple, though, yeah, we don't, we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure, but I, I do think Apple has really struggled integrating their music app into a streaming platform. They were just late to the game. Well, it's interesting too, because uh, funny enough, a majority of you, I know listen to us on Apple podcasts, but a majority. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. But sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> news, sorry, you're, you're, uh, our listeners are very young and sexy, <laughs> <laughs> but no, <laughs> I listen think, on Apple music. Look, I'll save you, Joe. Uh, I think it's a difference though, because I feel like natively on the Apple, you know, iPhone, it, it's more native for most users just to go to the podcast app to go to podcasts mm-hmm. than Spotify, for instance. But it doesn't work that way with music. It's, it, it, you know, people go out of their way to get Spotify than to listen to Apple Music as opposed to the ease of use that most people that I've seen go to Apple Podcasts yeah. versus Spotify Podcasts. Okay, gotcha. So I think that's interesting to compare of how the consumers are different in that way, but let's move on because I want to talk to you about more Kanye drama. Oh, um, I'm here for it. So he, there's a lot of shit going on with this and I can't cover it, but let's talk about more of like the businessy kind of things. You mm-hmm. know, it's mostly all these other music personalities given their two cents on Donda, but Kanye was basically doing what Kanye always does, which is to 
have crazy publicity controversy to promote his albums. So the day of that it was released on Sunday at the time of this recording, he put an Instagram post. that was just text. And all it said is universal put my album out without my approval. And they blocked jail Two from being on the album. Jail two is a song from the album. Yeah. And the significance of jail two is that jail two has performances from two very controversial figures. That being the baby and Marilyn Manson. Two of the most hated people in the music industry right now. Yeah, currently. So DaBaby, we've talked about a lot on the show, but if you didn't catch those episodes, uh, shame on you. Now, uh, but first, <laughs> uh, he got called out for his homophobic remarks and then terrible, terrible apologies and insecure apologies about it and basically has just walked away from it being like, whatever, which is not cool at all. So he's obviously in hot water with me and a bunch of other people. Yeah. And then Marilyn Manson, if you don't know, has multiple sexual abuse allegations against him currently. Yes. And what I mean multiple, I mean, you know, many women are coming up and saying that Marilyn Manson did these terrible things to them. Yeah. Yeah. Marilyn has in really hot water, but then the track, which at the time of release was not on it, was magically magically released mm-hmm. hours later with like no fanfare. Nobody said anything about it. it just the boom. track. Yeah. Jail two appeared on the album later hmm. without like anybody after saying Kanye's. Yeah. Rant. So, so he also said early on before that, I believe he shared screenshots, which he later deleted from his Instagram that were basically text messages saying the track was being held up because of clearance issues from the baby. And then him being like, I want to baby on this album. I'm like sticking it out for the baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm like, God damn it. You know, why, yeah, why, why would you do that? Anyway, so and it's because he voted for him, right? He's yes, the only person to say he publicly said. he would vote for him. Right. That's what he said. Yeah, that's and so that, that stupid. W- <laughs> that's the reason he claims. Now I think personally, Kanye is a master of controversy. That's true. And using controversy to his benefit. And so I don't know how much of this is is real. Real. You know? I mean, every record's like this. Like the Taylor Swift Kanye he has like feud a was kind of like this. Yeah. yeah, where it's like is this actually happening or is this a ploy? Because every time he does shit like this and he does this every single record release, Kanye's Kanye's brand is that he's so chaotic and every in a mess. And mm-hmm. every single record release has been an absolute train wreck mess. But every single time it breaks some sort of record, he gets some sort he gets some insane numbers. But I want to hit it. on too is that he does it through bad publicity. Yeah. He doesn't do it like, oh, I donated, you know, all my money to a children's hospital. But I also think it's because he's so big. He is such a huge influential artist that because he's he's been able to have this pat, bad publicity later in his career rather than at the beginning of his career. It's true. It's actually helped more. Yes. Because I think he's at a security right now. Exactly. Because people publications are going to cover him either way and because people, he's huge. Well, it's funny because he's built his brand around it. Yeah. It's for people to expect that from him. But it's really happens after 808 is when it started getting super weird. Right. I mean, there's a, uh, if we think back, there was a, oh man, what's that one? He's in uh, 
this promo about Hurricane Katrina with Mike Myers. Yeah, where he says... I can't remember what he says. He says, says, uh, George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. That's what it was. That was the first one. And then Mike Myers goes, uh... Next thing we're talking about, <laughs> and then they just cut over. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that was the first thing I remember, and that was a long time ago. But you're right. He definitely has ramped up as time has gone on in mm-hmm. terms of that because he has more security. And I actually asked our fans about bad publicity, and I said, is bad publicity beneficial to get an artist or their work out to more people? Because I, I, for Kanye, it seems to be working. But 50-50 vote here. Yeah. 50% said yes. 50% said no. Out of our fans, again, you can check our Instagram for more polls like that. It's but very, very divisive. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I agree with our fans in being divisive about it because it's hard to say if it's good or not. You know what I mean? Because like you pointed out very smartly is here is that Kanye was in a place of security to do a lot of this stuff. He was already established. He had a couple albums out that were really big. He was the new kid on the block that was just destroying the scene. And as time got on, he got more controversial and controversial. And to his benefit, it seems that he has done that to counteract maybe people thinking that he's gone stale or he, you know, any artist that's been in their career so long as Kanye has, you know, gets to this point where people you know, start to be like, oh, it's not like the old Kanye. It's not, you know, it's, I think he has a line about that. Yeah, he does. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that people get, you know, stale with their music. They've been like, you, it's kind of fucked up, but it's like, you've been famous too long. We are sick of you. Mm -hmm. Is kind of what it is. And so he's been the master of being like, well, you can talk about me like this instead of talking me about, you know, music. You can talk about how I'm running for president. You can talk about how I have all these shoes and these fashion, you know, all this stuff. So I think he's mastered it, but I don't think a little band could do this. You know, no, I, absolutely I, not. I don't think so. I think unlike a lot of people, he's developed this very, very difficult thing to develop, which is being controversial is his brand. Mm-hmm. And I don't think everybody can do that. And I don't think it's, you know, part of it's planned, but I also think a lot of it's luck. Yeah. You know, I don't think if you ran the gambit now and we're like, okay, we'll send Kanye West 20 years in the future and he'll start his career and then he'll try this shit. Like, I don't think it'll work. You know what I mean? I just think, you know, the way he's come up has just been the specific way that somehow worked for him and he's developed a brand to do that. I don't think it's a surefire strategy for people to be controversial. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I just think that like, you know, there, there's so much, if you're the small fish and you're, you're pulling shit like this, like, people aren't going to forgive you as much as people have forgiven Kanye, you know? Because Kanye has been a very influential force in pop music and, and rap music. Mm-hmm. And we you have seen kind of the, the rise and somewhat mental fall of Kanye right. over the years. And I think people love his music so much that it people have a hard time separating, or not separating, but, like, people have a hard time seeing that maybe the guy needs help. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe this isn't healthy. Well, I mean, none of it's healthy and I feel like a lot of fans of his. And I don't think it's, I don't think he's going to be able to do this forever. Oh no. He's definitely, he's definitely set up a, you know, a lot of people, especially as they get later towards their career, again, Kanye's 44. Now they try to set up a nice balance where they get more secured 
They feel, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to be on the hustle all the time. And to Kanye's, you know, benefit, he has pushed the barrier in good ways. I mean, the that concert that he did in Chicago was fucking insane. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can describe that's like that. And it's insane. Like, and uh, he pushed barriers with that. And I, uh, you know, the whole house thing, the whole burning it, like, all that is insane to me. I think it's crazy, but it's so much work physically and mentally on yourself Especially well, when you're the already the, a person pushing for 20 years. Yeah, and if you're if you're sprinting for so long, eventually you're going to run out of breath. Yeah, 100%. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Well, Con- uh, Con- well, Kanye. <laughs> yeah, Kanye. Uh, what have you been listening to? Uh, first off, Kanye has been listening to Kanye. I did listen to Donda. I oh, really? The whole thing. Yeah. I don't listen to it yet. So he- here's my review. Again, as I always joke, um, and as I always joke 20 minutes ago, I am a white middle class guy. So you've never heard my take on Kanye West <laughs> ever from this perspective. Um, I have some new ideas. No. Anyway, <laughs> so. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. Uh, a lot of people. I've heard it's pretty sloppy, at least. From- I think it's pretty cool in some aspects, but it definitely has this. I'm talking about more musically. I'm not talking about him as a person or these terrible. Some of yeah. these terrible people on there, but the beginning of the album is fucking rough. Like the first six, probably the first third of that album is real rough to get through Mm -hmm. because it feels like he tries to make an intro track for six songs. Yeah. Like he tries to make that song of a song in a lot of the beginning of like hip and hip hop and rap records where they're like, we're here. Welcome six times. (laughs) Like that's what it feels like is that he's like, this is about my mom and I'm very upset with how my life is. And then the next song is like, this is also about my mom and I'm also still upset. And you're like, okay. And then he just, you know, and he's like saying that and it'll be like, God's got me. 
six songs of that. And then there's like no difference. And then it starts picking up. And to be honest, it does sound like old Kanye in the middle, Mm -hmm. which I like. And at the end when it starts repeating songs, I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's a nice closure thing. Definitely did not like the Marilyn Manson to baby thing. Cause once they came in, I was like, Oh God, like just ruined the whole thing for me. Cause I was like, fuck these people. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's part of my job is listening to things like this. So, and as, as we've covered on the show previously, when he said I was going to buy universal and everything, he doesn't make that much money off of it, of just oh. the music streaming. Yeah. And, uh, mostly makes it off of shoe and merch deals Easy's, and baby. tickets. Yep. So I felt a little bad for listening to it, but I felt like I had to listen to it, but it was all right. It definitely wasn't the best. But it definitely wasn't the worst because I've heard the worst kind. It was before. Colin, when you die and you're going to the afterlife and you're at the pearly white gates and some dude's going to be like, did you listen to Donda? Did you? Be be honest. And you're going to have to tell him that you did. And the trick question is, is you don't know if that will get you into him. Yeah, you don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're there's like, a lot of guys. You're trying to suss them out. You're like, mm, should I say it? <laughs> No, you know, like that's kind of what it's weird about it. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, I actually don't have my uh, list pulled up right now, but um, I've been listening to a lot of different stuff. I've been listening to Clap Your Hands Say Yeah a lot. I've been listening to some Billie Eilish. I actually watched the Billie Eilish documentary today with my girlfriend. First time. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's it's pretty good. It's a good documentary. Uh, I think it's a lot better about like, kind of sharing the tough moments as well as like the nice moments. You know what I mean? Like it's not all just like PR bullshit. I feel like, um, there definitely is like some of that in there. What's an example, but like I, she, she struggles a lot with her Tourette's throughout the, uh, the documentary, um, which is interesting to see because she is very much, uh, does not show that publicly a lot. She seems to be a very good speaker. Yeah. Uh, she also shows the breakup of her boyfriend, uh, like and like the Coachella performance mess up and and all that. And this stuff. is the good stuff, right? You're saying I no, you no, like, no. Oh, these are these are the things that the the things that I don't think are like PR pushes. You know oh, what okay. I mean? No, that's what I'm saying. It's not PR pushes. Yeah. I was asking what you thought a PR push was. A PR so. push that I thought was was like you know I don't think my fans I don't think of my fans as fans. She she said oh, that. Yeah, the, she did no, that thing, no. and I was like, uh, I mean, I guess. Are, but you, like, are they going to go down that whole thing of like, here, I could do they're that? They're right my now. friends. No, they're know? like, they, you know, my fans tell me that I save them, but they really save me. That's kind of the vibe. Yeah, like that I'm not going to lie. And like, you know, teach their own, and maybe she does feel that way, but I, I do really think that's kind of a PR ploy. Yeah, to I mean, some extent. I, I'm sure when the guy in the editor room and then their camp, you know, Billy Eilish's camp, who was also, you know, getting the cuts, was like, let's put that in there. And they'd be like, can we cut it out? No, 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 we need it. <laughs> you know, and, and they also make it out that, like, you know, her and Phineas put this record together. And to be fair, they do. Phineas is, a, you know, her her creative director essentially and a lot of these stuff but like as we know they work with an insanely talented mastering engineer oh who yeah. puts a lot of effort and time and work into it that yeah. cleans up the those records a lot i will say i gotta you remember know? his so name because it's, it's he's so cool he's so funny too he's mixed yeah. a lot of crazy well he's a stuff. And he's a grammy winner right multi-year grammy well obviously winner. with billy eilish but well like, yeah but even before billy like yeah, he, he, so. he worked with some top tier people. And so like, you know, 
yes, they record it in her bedroom and stuff, but they do have highly, highly skilled people behind the scenes. Yeah, oh. super skilled. And yeah, uh, yeah I, highly skilled and highly trained and highly rooted in the industry. Well, that was de- that was like the people I remember when she got really big and they were like, all you need is an interface. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't. All you need is an Adobe Creative Cloud subscription. Oh my call. God, not that ad. <laughs> you know, because Billie Eilish is definitely sitting there making her graphics. You know? Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. Appreciate you so much. If you want to do the biggest favor for our show is follow us on our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at the Biz Tape or download the podcast. Really helps us out every week. We do love people who download the podcast. We do appreciate you guys for even listening in the first place. Why am I getting off on this? Anyway, thank you so much. We hope to see you next time. Appreciate you. Bye. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.